Well, good morning, everybody. Let's do that again. Good morning, everybody. Ah, there we go. It's good to be with you today. Worship was awesome, wasn't it? Great time of worship. This is, uh, I've been three weeks out of the pulpit. I'm forgetting how to do this now. I hope I can get back on, get back in the swing of things here, but uh, it's just good to be back with you today. I have one more announcement before we get into the Word, and uh, that is about next Sunday. Next Sunday is an exciting Sunday. We are having a guest speaker here. His name is Bob Sorge, and uh, Bob Sorge is an international speaker, and, uh, and he has... Uh, no pun intended, even though he's got a weak voice and, and it's difficult for him, he has a powerful voice in the church today. And uh, so I want to make this very clear that he's going to be with us. We are only having one Sunday morning service next Sunday at 10 o'clock. And uh, we will have more chairs out and available. We're all going to pack in here. And uh, then we're coming back again Sunday evening with Bob Sorge at 6 o'clock. They are two different services just for clarity. Some people were thinking, are they the same service offered two different times because of his voice? No, they are two separate services, two separate sets of songs, two separate messages. One's at 10 a.m. and one's at 6 p.m. We're going to begin the day and end the day with... uh, gathering with him and and allowing the Spirit of the Lord to speak through him to our church. I'm very excited about this, and I believe he's got a a powerful message and and just a a voice in the church today. So I want to encourage you to come out and be with us. Coffee will be served, I think, by 9.30 next week, and so you can come a little early, fellowship, kind of get your seat, get ready. I think it's going to be a full house, and then bring friends and families from other churches, if you know of any, and uh, come out Sunday night. It's going to be a great time. Amen. 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 Well, the other day, in reference to what I'm going to be sharing with you about, I did some research on the best time to plant a tree. Has anybody ever wondered what's the best time of the year to plant a tree? Well, I was wondering about that, and I Googled it, and I probably could have called John and Sherry Brunel. They know all things pertaining to growth of trees. But I didn't. I went to Google. And uh, so the, the best time, they say, is in either the fall or the very early spring is the best time to plant a tree. And the idea behind that is that you want to put as many months as you can between the time of planting and the time when it really takes off in growing. You want it to get established in the ground and go through that season. And you, so you want to plant early. And the best time, they said, The absolute best time is the fall season. And I don't know if you know this, but in Butte, Montana, whether you like it or not, we're in the fall. Amen. And so this is the season to be planting. And I have a message today entitled, Planted. That's the title of my message. And uh, the passage we're going to be looking at is Psalms 92, and I'll come to that in just a moment. But I want to talk essentially about this idea of spiritual growth. Specifically, I want to talk about being rooted and planted in the house of the Lord. As believers, one of the best ways that we can grow and be deeply is to be deeply rooted and planted in the local church. And I believe that God's word 
really drives this point home. Now, I understand that as the church, we are in one sense universal. We are a part of the body of Christ, universal. But also through the scriptures, it is made very clear that the universal church needs to be planted in local gatherings and assemblies of people and become a people living life together and growing together and helping each other to get to the next level in their life. And so this is really important. I had a, a, a couple of months ago, someone was visiting our church and uh, they said, I was watching you online and I wanted to come and check out your church. And uh, then this person proceeded to tell me, you know, I'm not really a part of any church. My church is TBN. And uh, I was being very nice, and I said, oh, that's nice. It's great to have you here today. When on the inside, I was like, that's not church. I'll wait for you. You can't do church on TV. You can watch church on TV, but you can't be church on TV. And so God wants us to get our roots deeply planted in the local church. And oddly enough, there's an Old Testament passage that I think speaks metaphorically to this thing, this issue. And I want us to look together in Psalms 92, beginning at verse 12. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So Lord, thank you for your word today. I pray for grace to be able to share it. I pray for grace for every one of us, God, to be able to hear it and to be shaped by it today. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. So notice those words again in verse 12. It says that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and they also shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. That's in verse 12. Both the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon were evergreen trees. They were evergreen, ever-growing, ever-alive. And uh, the palm tree, in fact, in, in biblical times and even in today's Culture, the palm tree represents victory and triumph. The cedar tree is a symbol of stability, of strength, of longevity. I did some research on the cedars of Lebanon. The cedars of Lebanon could grow upwards to 120, 130 feet in height. They could be as big around as 50 feet in diameter. Branches can sprawl out and grow from a tree up to 50 feet long. These were massive, gentle giants in antiquity, and they were, they're still around, but there is a lot less of them today in the region of Lebanon. 
But it was the root, I'm sorry, it was the deep root system of these cedar trees that made them so strong and stable and fruitful even in the harshest of climates. They can grow on the mountaintops of Lebanon literally through winter season. And they just stay alive in that, in that place. And it was the deep root system of these trees that made them so strong. You could find them. They say from trees growing on mountaintops, you can find their roots deep thousands of feet in the valley floor below. So these are powerful trees. And here's what the Lord says. He says in verse 12, this is the promise and this is the potential of every one of us that we shall be planted we, we, we can become like the cedars of Lebanon. How many of you know God is looking for some cedar believers? That's what he's wanting to raise up. And we can become like the cedars of Lebanon. But the key is to be planted in the house of the Lord. And I really believe that this, this image, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, taking the scripture out of context to apply this metaphorically to the church the place of God's gathering, the house of God's people, not a literal uh, physical building like we have here, but a place where people gather as the people of God. That's the house of God that we're talking about. And he said, if we're planted in that house, we can become like the cedars of Lebanon. I just want to say very clearly today that the church is still essential today to our spiritual development and the development of our families. It is still the happening place on planet Earth. Amen. And um, it is still very important to Jesus. It is still his purpose. The church was Jesus' plan A, and there is no plan B. There is not another way that Jesus is going to accomplish his purpose in the earth other than through the church. That's you and me. And not just universal and theoretical and metaphorical, but the church, actual, local, physical, where people come together. This is how he does it. And so therefore, if that's true, then it should be our priority. The church should still take priority in our lives and in our families. Okay, the amens are decreasing little by little. But I'm going to keep on going more by more. Amen. And so it needs to be a priority in our lives. And the church requires every one of our full participation. We don't leave it up to the select few. And leave ourselves out of the flow of things. We are to be very much a part and it's time for us to get planted deeply, embedding our roots in the local church. This is the season. It's fall, so let's start growing. Amen. Let's start getting planted. God wants us to be planted. And this passage that I've talked about, that I read to you today, I believe reveals to us several facts about people that are planted deeply and rooted deeply into the local church. Now, I can do this in five F words. This is the key of F today. So, we have to be faithful. 
We have to be flourishing. We have to be fruitful. We have to be fresh. And we have to be fragrant. And these five words, I think, lay out for us what it's necessary for us to be planted in the church. First of all, we need to be faithful. And by that I mean that we need to show up to church. We need to attend church regularly. That idea of being planted in the church, think of that. When you plant a tree in the ground, it's not there some season and gone some season. It's not there some days and gone other days. But that it's always there. It's showing up, it's planted, it's faithful to attend, and to put it in an old-fashioned way, when the church of the doors are open, by and large, it is our responsibility as the people of God to be there, to be at church, to show up where people are gathering, not just in the structure of 630 West Iron Street, but also in the places of our homes and in our connect groups and in places of uh, extra meetings as we come together as the people of God. It's important that we come together, that we get together, that we show up. And I understand the need of watching by television, especially if you have COVID or especially if there's a pandemic. I understand that there are certain situations which shift things, but ultimately we cannot be the church ongoingly as God designed us to be, to be separated and to be apart. We've got to come together so we can be together, so that we can lift up the name of God together, so that we can grow together. We need to be a church that shows up. Amen. Here's what the writer of Hebrews said, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. This is the New Living Translation. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Watch. And let us not neglect, the old King James, let us not forsake the assembling or the meeting together as some do, or the NIV says, or the New International Version says, as some are in the habit of doing. I just want to say, going to church can be a habit if you will develop it. But also staying away from church can become a habit if you allow it. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here today. You're like, don't yell at me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm just making sure everybody out there hears me. That's all. He says, but let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is near. Listen, Jesus coming back to this earth is getting closer. We need to come together more, not less. Things in our culture is shifting, and the presence of God is being more, made more and more manifest of the coming of the Lord in our time and in our day. We need more of each other, not less of each other. And I love this. Going back, Pamela, if you can, to verse 24. Let us, everybody say let us. Let us think about how we can motivate or spur 
on each other in good works. In verse 25, and there it is again, and let us, everybody saying, let us. Here, here's what church is about. Church is not just about me. Church is about we. Let us. Well, I don't feel like going to church. Well, maybe somebody needs you to show up to church. It's not about how you feel about it. It's not about if you got time for it. It's not about what, whatever is more important to you. It's the let us part. That's what church is about. Not just about me. It's about we. Amen. How are we doing out there? We're planting trees today. We're going to raise up some cedar believers. But we got to be faithful to the house of God, to the gathering of the saints of God. Anybody in this room ever taken a hit spiritually? What I mean by a hit is that you are just T-boned, broadsided by some tribulation, some attack, some temptation. It just came out of nowhere. Anybody here taking a hit like that? Man. The church took a hit with COVID. I mean, it just came out of nowhere, and man, and what happened as a result of that, it kind of exposed the level of commitment of a lot of people. But also in that process, you know, it was, it was tough, and it, and it caused some fear and some uncertainty, and I don't know what to do and who to believe, and, and you know, the church took a hit, and consequently the faith of some people have taken a hit. And the Lord wants, and, and, the, and the, the people to whom the writer of Hebrews was writing about, let's not forsake the assembly. He's writing to people who took a hit persecution-wise. And they were being assaulted and attacked because of their faith in Jesus. And you know what he says in the midst of that? Don't stop coming together. You don't need to pull away from church. You need to press into church. So let's, let's be faithful to the gathering. Let's be here. Let's show up, and it's not just about me, it's about we. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's just Keep on keeping on. Amen. Amen. Planted people, to be planted in the church is to be faithful, to attend regularly. It is also to be flourishing. And that is that you set your heart and your spirit to grow in the faith, to grow in the Lord Jesus. That word flourish literally means to bud or to blossom or to spread Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 says. Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting, planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Now, that is the important part. This really excites me. God is behind all my growing. 
and my maturing and my development. How many, how many thank God that he's involved in the growth of your life? But listen, he can't be involved if we're not there to receive the implanted word or we're not there to be watered. You and I plant, you and I water, you and I pour in, you and I develop, you and I disciple, and it's God working through us who grows us. So if a person's not there, how can they really grow if we're not putting our roots down deep and being planted in the church where there is the seed of truth penetrating our hearts and the watering of love coming from other people? How can I grow? Amen. Now, you made me come down off my perch. God brings about the growth, but he does it as we yield and receive the implanted word and allow and submit ourselves for the watering of others in our lives. Anybody in here ever planted a tree? Julie and I did, and they're both dead. <laughs> we planted two, and they died. This undermines my whole message today. <laughs> but we planted trees, and I would like to think the reason why they didn't survive was because of that butte-like weather zapping them to death when they should be warmed by the sun and growing. But it could have had something to do with our planting process. I looked this up. How do you plant a tree? And uh, they said, well, first, what, who said what? Oh, dig a hole. You're, that is number one. But you can't just dig a hole. You've got to dig a hole that's three times the size of the root base. Okay? So, gotcha. And then, and then when you put it in, you really need to build, you need to plant it high so that, and then pack the 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 soil back around it and taper it off because over time it's going to settle. Everybody say settle. You need to go, you need to aim high because in time things are going to settle. Okay? And you don't want it settling in a hole, you want it to settle to the surface of the soil, of the ground. And then they said, this was interesting to me, they said, do not amend the soil. And what that means is they, they explained it. They said, sometimes people mistakenly think that what I need to do is mix the soil with a bunch of fertilizer and richer soil and other things. And they said, but actually this works against the tree because what happens when you put all that other stuff on in there, the tree grows accustomed to that soil, watch, and won't grow through into the harder ground. It was so easy, it was so fun, it was so, it was so nice in the beginning, but you hit hard times and you don't want to press in and go deep. And then they said, among other things, 
soak it in water as often, maybe more than you think you should. Sprinkling it, going out there with the hose and holding it over there for a few minutes, that is not enough. It needs to be soaked. Soak it and soak it some more. And when I was reading those, all these concepts of growing spiritually started coming alive in me. Oh, one of the other things, I have to say this one. One of the other things is they said when you put the dirt back, you don't want to pack it too hard, but you don't want to, you don't want to leave any air pockets. Don't leave any space or air pockets in the soil because roots need contact to soil. Don't leave any space. And so when I was reading through this, I was like, man, there is so much analogy in there that you got to dig in. If you want to grow, you have to dig a hole, whoever said that. You have to dig a hole bigger and make a place for you. You, you and I have got to dig in. We're not going to get it by just showing up and just sitting there. We have to dig in. We have to go to those connect groups. We need to go to those training sessions. We need to come to those special events because we need to grow. And we don't want to make it easy on ourselves. And when we hit hard times, you know, get all discouraged and just walk away. We, want to, we, we, we try, you know what we try to do sometimes as church leaders? We try to make it easy as possible for people to be a part of the church. And I understand the idea behind that. But, we, but also, we need to have some endurance in us. Life's going to get hard, and you're going to have to learn how to get deeper in your roots in the Lord. You're gonna, and it ain't going to all be fertilizer and fun. <laughs> Miracle grow. It's going to take some stick to on our part. Amen. And that idea about don't leave air between the soil and the root, some of us have too much air between us and our commitment to the body of Christ. We got too much space. We're not getting into relationships and we're not coming together with other people where real growing happens. That's where real growing happens. Soil to root contact. Listen, let me just round, let me just conclude this point by saying this. If spiritual maturity is not aggressively pursued, it's not going to happen. You have to go after it. That's what it means to be planted in the church. Is that you are going to make up your mind that I'm going to grow up. And I'm going to grow together so that we can all grow out. Amen. Praise God. Fruitful. Here's another one. People who are planted in the church are fruitful. And by this, I want to talk about this idea of finding your fit and serving. Verse 14 says, They shall still bear fruit 
in their old age. Even in old age, they still bear fruit. Jesus said in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he may give it to you. Now some have said, what matters to God is not fruitfulness, but faithfulness. But actually, here's the scripture that says, both of them matter to God. Being faithful and being fruitful. God wants us to be faithful to the call, but he also wants us to produce fruit. In fact, he said, I've appointed you to bear fruit. That's what I want, and let me just say this. I can't be fruitful if I'm not going to be faithful. But if I'm faithful, if I stick with it, and I endure those winter seasons, fruit will come eventually. But if I quit, if I give up, if I walk away, if I do my own thing, then how can I bear fruit? Jesus said, I want you to bear fruit, and I want your fruit to never stop. Always producing fruit. Amen. Amen. And so, God wants us to be fruitful. And so, the way that we do this is every one of us have got to be productive in our lives. And a part of doing that is finding our fit and then just serving. You know, just, you know, don't, just, you know, just do it. Right? Just, 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 you know. So the Bible, the Bible, uh, we're described, the church is described as the bride of Christ. It's described as the body of Christ. It's described as a building, a habitation where God is building us. And the other day I was thinking about this. There was a scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. It says, in whom, that is in Christ, the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And he's talking about the church. So look at those words. He uses this idea that the church is like a building, and he's building us. And I love the word, we are being built together for a dwelling place in the Spirit. If you go back to verse 24, he says that we are being, or verse 21, he says we are being fitted together. Everybody say fitted. When I read that the other day, I had this analogy, uh, a picture in my mind of a little kid playing with their, what do they call these? What is it? Mega blocks. Okay, so I got mega blocks for mega people. And... Um, and I was just thinking about this. I've watched these kids walking around here playing with these and grandkids and stuff like that. And they'll play with them and they'll, you know, they'll make their designs and they'll kind of put these pieces together. And, you know, and, this, and, and all of a sudden it became a picture to me like this is what Jesus is doing with our lives. He's taking our 
separate, distinct lives. All of us come in different shapes, in different colors, different sizes, different characteristics, different abilities. Puts us together. And then he starts fitting us to one another. Because this is how church works. Right? And some of us don't like this part of church. Because we're saying, Jesus is going, I think I'm going to take you, and I'm going to put you here. And all the while we're like, no! Not this one, Lord, have mercy. Jesus is like, yes! You're going to learn to love them. You're going to learn how to forgive them. And all the while, Jesus is putting us together. We're all unique. We're all different. But He fits us together. And then he said, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, we're not just a dwelling place. See, when we get fitted together by Jesus, we become a habitation of his presence. And he said then in verse, chapter 4, verse 16, he went on to say, from whom, that is from Jesus, the whole body, that's me and you, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, watch, does its share. Everybody is to fully participate in the church. We don't just come and sit there like a seed on top of the ground, we come and penetrate, we get down deep into the ground, and we become a part of the fruitfulness of the church. Every part does its share. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So if we're going to be the church, and if we're going to be planted in the local church, that means all of us must be fruitful or productive. And how do I do that? Be faithful, of course, but faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. And just, you know, just kind of finding your fit. Okay, say, Lord, you fit me here. You brought me here. Now show me what to do here. Because there's work to be done. Amen. Are we okay? Everybody having fun? Amen. Let's look at the word fresh. Another thing that's important is to be fresh. And that is to stay passionate in the spirit. I love what verse 14 says of Psalms 92. They shall be fresh. Everybody say fresh. I love that. Oh, don't be fresh. Oh yeah, be fresh. They shall be fresh. That word fresh 
literally means, you ready? They shall be full of sap. That's what it means. That there is a constant and continual sappiness. Freshness. A flow of grace in their life. In fact, Psalms 92 verse 10, same chapter, just a couple verses before what I read, says this, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. There it is again. The oil of the cedar tree is a is a component that is helps partly to make it rot and bug resistant. It's an interesting idea there. That the oil of the cedar tree is actually what makes it resistant to rotting and to bug infestation. And so if you want to be resistant to rot and insect infestation in your spirit, you and I need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that that can happen, this freshness and this fullness of sap comes by way of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and I'm, I want to just say this. You and I, part of, the, part of the way that we experience the overflow of God's presence in our life is by being planted in the church and being there and staying fresh in the Spirit. And getting a fresh word of God and getting being, being in relationship where other people's life and, and the Spirit of God upon them can touch my heart. And that, that transfer of life and grace is like, is like sap flowing into us. Amen. I don't know about you, but I just know this for myself. There's nothing worse than being dried up and stale and crusty and lukewarm as a Christian. Anybody in the room ever been like that? I know that feeling. And there's nothing worse than that. But I want to tell you something. One of the best ways to keep that refreshing flow is by sticking with being planted in the church where the Spirit of God flows like a river. And there's fresh anointing available to us. And so, and what's really important about this is that we cannot bring refreshing to others if we don't stay fresh ourselves. Sometimes we're like, oh, I, I don't want to do anything. I can't do that because I'm just so dried up. And, you know, and I, well, you know, get fresh. Get fresh. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord says here shall be fresh. You don't need to pull away. You need to press in. Amen. How do we do this? How can we stay fresh? Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Paul says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. One of the ways, well, let me just, like, again, I don't want to kind of harp on this idea, but sometimes we are really self-protective 
And when we're not in a great place, we think we need to pull away from. When actually we need to be diligent. And we need to be fervent. Amen. And we need to serve the Lord. That's how you... That, Paul wrote to Timothy who was on the verge of quitting the ministry. And he was very discouraged of pastoring in the city of Ephesus. And even though it was a powerful church and a dynamic church, he was on his last nerve there. And Paul wrote him and told him in the book of Timothy, he said, you need to fan into flame the gift that is in you by the Holy Spirit. You don't need to quit. You need to get on fire again. Fan into flame and just keep going, keep living, keep leading, keep serving, keep showing up. Amen. And that's what Paul is saying here. If you want to keep the fire and the zeal and the passion in your spirit, be diligent. Be fervent. Just keep on serving. Amen. And you know why that's so important? Because when you don't have it to give, it drives you to your knees in complete dependence upon God. God, if you don't help me, if you don't show up, Lord, God, I need your presence. Lord, I need you to help me. I, need, I am weak. And you know what God's promise has always been? Good. I'll be your strength. Amen. Amen. One final word. The word is fragrant. To be planted in the house of the Lord like a cedar tree, like a cedar believer, is fragrance. And this idea comes with, to me, it just kind of speaks about seeking to be a blessing to others. That word in verse 14 about they shall be flourishing literally can be translated, they shall be green. One of the characteristics of cedar trees is just that pleasant smell that they have and there's a there's a an aroma that comes from them and this is one of the reasons why not only was it a straight grain and a very strong and powerful hard wood but it was exported worldwide in in the times of the bible because of its pleasantness in fact solomon used it to construct the temple he used it also to construct his own chariot. And so this was a, a very much desired wood. And so I think in a way the picture of it is that God is, there's, a, there's an, a, an aroma and a fragrance out of our lives that can bring a blessing to other people. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord can really be a blessing to other people. I've already said this, but I want to say it again. Your Faith, your walk, your being there, your smile, your encouragement, your service blesses other people. Others are blessed because you are there producing fruit, showing up, being there. You think you're not important. You think... People don't know who you are, but if you, and maybe they don't, but this is why we need to get deeply rooted into the church and planted 
and become a part because God wants us to be a blessing. He wants others to experience a blessing from us. Amen. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.15, he says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We have an aroma of Jesus in our lives. And he goes on to say that to some we are, he said we are the aroma of death leading to death because they're rejecting Jesus. But to others, we are the fragrance or the aroma of life leading to life to those of, who have received Jesus. We, we are there and we bring a blessing to people around us. And that's what God wants us to be. And I was looking this up and I'm, I don't have scriptures for it, but I'll just show you there, there are three different ways that we can be a blessing in the church today. And like I said, the scriptures won't be there, but where it talks about a sweet-smelling aroma. One of them is to walk in love with one another, is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. To love other people. When, people when, when you come to church here, just come with this idea. I am here to love people. Why am I here? To hear a great message, hopefully, once in a while. But ultimately, that's not the goal. The goal is to love people. And the other thing, we, another uh, thing in the New Testament that talks about sweet-smelling aroma is giving sacrificially or giving financially to the work of the Lord. One of the ways you could get planted in the church is by putting your money where your mouth is. Amen. Putting it right there, just saying, God... I'm here to serve you, I'm here to be a part of this church, and I'm here to support the work of the ministry of what God is doing here. And the Bible said, Paul said, your gifts of love to me, and he was talking about finances, are a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Amen. And then the other thing is our prayers. Our prayers together, the Bible says, the prayer of the saints mixed with the incense on the altar becomes an aroma in the in the nostrils of God, and it moves his heart to answer our prayers. And so one of the ways that we can do this is by being a, being a part of the prayer of this church, joining, coming out when we have prayer meetings, jumping on board with praying, praying in, at home in your own closet, but praying corporately, coming together in our small groups and praying, because we believe in the power of prayer. Amen? Amen. Julie, would you come? Let's all stand together. I want to encourage us in this room today, in this fall season, to get deeply rooted and planted in the local church. I'm going to throw out a challenge to us today. I don't know what your level of commitment is here at Abundant Life Fellowship, but I'm going to ask that all of us prayerfully consider about stepping over the line into a new level and going to a new place. And I want to challenge us too, if we're not somehow involved in the work of ministry here, and not everything is about what goes on in the house, but 
a lot of it has to do with that and fellowship and working together so that we can be a force in the, in the world with, around us. I, wanna, I really want to challenge you today to become a part of what is going on. And if we don't have things going on where God has called you, let us know because we want to be a part of what God is doing in our time. Amen. I would like the prayer team to come if they would. And in a moment, after I'm done praying, if you need prayer for anything, you need God to touch your heart, you need an, you'd like a fresh, uh, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, maybe you've lost that freshness, and you want to get that freshness back, these folks would be willing to pray with you about anything, physical, spiritual, but let's pray together as a church. Father, thank you for your presence in this place today. Lord, we love your word and we want to do your will. And I just pray, Lord, for every one of us, God, that we would find our place in your church that we would put down our roots deep, plant ourselves in the local assembly, in the house of the Lord, and dwell in the courts of God. Lord, show us how we can uh, up our game in that. Show us, God, any adjustments we need to make and how we can be a part and how we can be faithful to the work of ministry here. I pray, God, that none of us would feel condemned but actually drawn in, Lord, and, and become a part of what you're doing in this time and in this season and in the, in, the, in the life of our church. God, I thank you for everyone here. I praise you and thank you for their commitment to you and their commitment to the church. Thank you, Lord, that we have all been blessed as a result of all of us being here together. And I pray, God, that we would just continue to grow and raise us up as cedar believers, Lord, in our, in our day and in our time. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We want to we bless you, God. We do that right now. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. If you